Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas for all of you out there that are entrepreneurs. You either have thought about working with a PR person, or you've got a PR person, or you're one day thinking you might need a PR person. And if you're not an entrepreneur and you got a little side hustle going, you may also be thinking about engaging a PR person. And in all of the episodes of the Contender Cast, we have not had any PR people on. And so I thought what might be really good in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a couple um, sprinkled in. And one of them that reached out just a couple of weeks ago, Megan Brown Bennett, um, is on today. And I'm so excited for you to meet her. She's the CEO and co-owner of Light Years Ahead. And we're going to talk all about PR. Megan, it's so great to have you on the podcast. So great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Um, so first, I, I want to thank you. Um, for those that are listening that are wondering, wait, how does he get all of these guests on his podcast? Most of those <laughs> I get from people like Megan. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, there are some that I either know or I reach out to directly. But most of them, I mean, literally every day I get an email or five or 10 from PR people um, that are just experts in this space. And they're looking to get their guests on shows, and Contender ta- Contender Cast is a great place. So, um, Megan, before we jump into what you're doing today, share a little bit about your background, how you got into PR. Sounds good. Well, I am from Kansas City, and I'm 42 years old. Um, I actually went to college in New York and was a theater major, and did Ooh. not know that I wanted to work in public relations. That's interesting. Um, and my senior and junior year, junior and senior year, I started to do internships in Los Angeles um, during the summers and wanted to work for a couple of different entertainment companies, one of which was a PR company. And so that's when I kind of started to like the idea of PR and what it represents. Um, And I moved to Los Angeles after college and worked for one startup internet company doing quote unquote PR, but it was sort of (laughs) not what the job was supposed to be. So like after six months, I resigned and then looked for another job in public relations. And I knew I didn't want to work with celebrities that I wanted to work with products and, you know, like different types of experts and things like that. And so I interviewed for this lady that lived in Beverly Hills um, and she hired me to be her assistant. And I worked out of her house for eight years. She completely mentored me. Her name is Betty Light. She's amazing. And after eight years, I decided to move back to Kansas City and continue to work for her from here and help run the company. And um, after, I guess it was two years ago that my business partner and I took over the company. So now I am the president and CEO. Wow. So that's how I that's cool. got into this field. Love the, sp- the yeah. uh, story. So did you think you were going to go into theater? Was that the initial plan? I thought so. I was into acting in high school. and But honestly, I will say that having a theater background right. was really great because it made me not afraid to make a complete fool out of myself <laughs> or right. to get rejected. Because, I mean, theater, you get rejected all the time. And publicists, we get rejected multiple times a day from the media <laughs> saying, please stop contacting stop. me. I'm not interested. Or yeah. 
you know, hey, let's talk. That so, is so funny. Yeah, it, it's I, like almost like theater is like gives gives you a sales, marketing, and PR background all right. in one. For That's sure. actually kind of cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I get um, as I as you know. Um, quite a few emails recommending guests for our show. And I, I do feel bad sometimes saying no, but I, a no is better than no answer. This is what I figured out. Like if, if I don't get back to you or said person, that's actually worse than saying no, not a fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise I'm just going to keep contacting right. you until you respond. <laughs> so funny. All right. So, um, so you're, you're in the PR space. Um, how do you guys get clients and do you focus on an industry or like, what's the structure and how are you guys set up? So we're a boutique PR firm. There's five of us and we're all remote and we always have been remote besides when I worked, you know, with my boss in LA. And so this whole COVID thing actually hasn't really affected right. the way that we work as because usual. we've always, yeah, <laughs> right. always been remote. Got it. Um, and so I have a team, my business partner's in New York. We have a creative writer in Texas. We have another publicist here. We have a founder in Los Angeles. So we all kind of work together and we focus on consumer products and services and also experts, lifestyle experts or medical experts. We have a slew of different clients um, everywhere from two different meditation experts, one which has a book out to, you know, a company that has these, these modern pools for your backyard to um, tongue scrapers that wow. clean the back of your mouth. So, I mean, we do everything as long <laughs> as we think that there's a story right. behind it. And do you ever... So, yeah. Okay. So, and now everyone listening now gets it, right? You heard the word consumer products. So that's how we connected. Um, And so when you're out so is how do you grow your business? Is it word of mouth or do you have to do your own PR and marketing or what does that look like? It's both. I mean, when I, we first like started to take over the business, we were out there just like cold calling, quote unquote calling. It was more like messaging on Instagram and, you know, all these different brands and reaching out to them and trying to get business and drum up new business. And it worked. I mean, we were going after hundreds of brands every week. Wow. And you know, even if one says yes, that's a new client. Right. So that's how it used to work. And also through referrals, uh, most of our clients we've had for years. And so interestingly enough, today, people usually just reach out to us because they've either heard one of us on an interview or because we've been referred through another contact or, you know, it's it's all mostly word of mouth. Once in a while, if I find a brand that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing company I need to represent you, <laughs> right? then I will 100% reach out. Or like if there's a month where we lose a few clients, absolutely. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pound the Instagram pavement <laughs> right. and uh, reach out to as many people as I can because what do I have to lose? Right. You know? No doubt. Yeah. I've been on both yeah. sides of this just for those that are listening. I, you know, I talked a lot in the last couple of minutes about the, the the messages I get from PR folks about giving people on the podcast, but I've been on the other side. My wife and I have our own little side business. We've used PR folks in the past to help us build a brand and get the message out and get us you know engagements and articles and whatnot. So um, let's talk about how you approach a new client or customer. Um, like w- when they get, when you get on the phone with them and they're, they're thinking about some of their objectives, let's, let's use a consumer products company that's in an upstart you know phase. How would you approach it? Like what are the types of things you suggest to them, Megan? How do you, what's your structure and, and how do you think about it? 
Yeah. So I can kind of give you an example of a client Perfect. that I've worked with for a couple of years called Kansas City Cattle Company. It's a Wagyu beef company. Right. They're going to be on the founder, here. They're coming on the next yes, couple of weeks. Patrick, I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah. Um, his name's Patrick Montgomery, and he was a small startup. I'd never done any PR. Um, reached out to us a couple of years ago and said, you know, we're going to try this. Um, I will tell you right now, and this is one thing that I tell all of our clients. I was like, listen, if you're expecting to make sales off PR, we cannot guarantee ROI. <laughs> That's what everybody Public wants. Relations. So if we spend well, money on PR, it's going to guarantee sales. I mean, I've heard that so yeah, many it, times. It, and, and I don't lie. I say sometimes it can, but we never guarantee. You know, you might right. get on the Today Show and make. $10 from one sale, or you might make, <laughs> you know, a hundred thousand, depending on who's watching and what the product is, Totally, but that's like not under our control. We can just get the story and then it's up to the consumers to buy the product if they're interested or not. That's so so you know, we start working with this company and we're sampling up the wazoo. And this is a great case study because we actually did make a lot of money for them on, on PR, um, worked with them for several months, got them on the today show, also got them in the New York times and made wow. some good money, but then like nine months into it. So really how we started is we start a campaign by writing the press materials and then just pitching the company with the story of how the founders started the company and then highlighting how amazing the products are and getting as many samples as we can out to the top tier media and then following up with them and stalking them until they do a story or a segment. Wow. So like I call myself a certified stalker. So back to Casey cattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're working with them and food and wine was interested. They came out with these new Wagyu beef hot dogs. And so oh, wow. we reached out to food and wine. We're like, you've got to try these hot dogs. They're great. We sent them. Unfortunately, the mailroom did not get them in time and it was, you know, it's perishable. Oh, right. And so Patrick was like, do you think we should send another one? And I'm like, this is food and wine. We're sending another one. Yes. We sent a box. This is not no name. <laughs> yeah. A couple of weeks later, he calls me on a Thursday and he's like, did something just happen? Cause we're getting it like tons and tons of calls. And I looked online, I'm like, I think the food and wine story is up. And they were voted the best hot dog in food and wine. Wow. And best Wagyu, you know, beef hot dog. And within like a few days, they made a quarter of a million dollars in sales. Unbelievable. Just from that How one cool that? article. Yeah, I mean, and, and we did it. Amazing. I mean, it's just, it, it was insane. It was like, and that was from, you know, a third party, which is what PR is, where you reach out to a third party and they test your product and then they cover it you know, in a meaningful way. And that's better than any paid ad that you could ever get. No you doubt. Know? No so, doubt. So, you know, that's an example of how PR, yes, it did drive sales. Um, I would say that that client, and we've had so many clients through the year, but that's the one that really shows the ROI. I love we've that. had other clients on great national segments. You know, we work with the Today Show and Good Morning America and you know, all the big websites and it definitely drives awareness. And yeah, you know, no that's doubt. what our repetition, is, but right. Repetition, yeah. awareness, um, and telling the story. I th I've, I've seen, you know, PR folks get, you know, they want to have their customers tell their story and get the story down. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. the way you do that is through interviews. Right. I mean, and it's exactly. hard to, exactly. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, some of the best uh, PR folks that I've worked with, um, you know, they, they'll do a couple of things really well. And this is for our listeners that are thinking of engaging a PR firm, right? For, so the first thing is um, lining up the guest or the, the company with the right outlet. And so, for example, I'll sometimes get um, emails or pitches that 
have nothing to do like with my segment focus, which is largely consumer products and retail. And it's an immediate no. It's like, that's one thing I think the best PR folks do is if they find an angle that's relatable to the actual outlet or the show or the timing of it, right, Megan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second thing that I think is great, um, that strong, great PR, PR people do is like they're prepared. So they have all the content they can send over on the guests, on the, the customer, on the the um, company that they're representing. And then also even yes. like photos like I, I, you know, we our team creates a little um, logos we put on social and whatnot. I mean, just having all that together and, and easy to get to is is awesome, right? Yes. And that was one thing I guess I didn't answer in your last question. You know, when we get started, we do. We we create the press materials. We create these really compelling email pitches. Um, you know, the clients send us high res images and everything so that when we get a bite, we can immediately just email Act and send it. it off. And then obviously if there's, if it's an actual sample, we coordinate with the brand and they send the sample out immediately so that they can try it. So yeah, it's a whole process and it's really, the press materials are important, but the most important thing for a publicist is the pitch and the subject line of the email and just getting the media to open it in the first place. That's and so once in a true. while, I'll pick up the phone too. If I can't get a hold of somebody, I'll like text them or call them or, you know, yeah, that's you got to really, do what really you cool. got to do. Wow. Um, and then how do you guys, and when you think about a partnership with a, we'll just use a new brand. How do you contract that? Is it time materials? Is it, um, you know, like a retainer or how do you guys typically yeah. think about that with a new customer? We work on a monthly retainer. We never bill by the hour because it's just too confusing. And I don't really even think it's accurate because we put as much time as we need to behind each brand to get the job done. And so it's just a monthly retainer and it depends on the size of the brand. And we do anything from three month packages to a year packages. We also have a 30 day out clause. So like it's essentially month to month, but we like our clients to make a long commitment because you're not going to see huge hits in a month unless it's like... Exactly. It, it happens once in a while. I mean, we just got a new company that we got onto Fast Company within three weeks, and it's like been syndicated like crazy. But, um, you know, it just depends. It really depends. And it's about patience and perseverance. <laughs> well, yeah. And do you ever fire a customer? Is there ever a customer or a client that's like, this is not worth it? It's not working for us? How do you think about that? Um, yeah, we have in the past, not very many, um, but there have been a few when we just know that it's not the right fit and we're not getting them what they want, or if they're just, uh, you know, expecting ROI and getting these great write-ups and still saying like, why aren't we getting sales? You know, then we've done everything we can do at that point. Um, you know, we never keep on a client if we don't think it's a good fit, but most of them, it just ends up being successful. So, you know, we keep them on. But yeah, we've had we've we've had a couple of clients that we just we've had to say, sorry, this is not gonna work out because of one thing or another. And you know, you just move on and you replace sure. them. No, and that's that makes the sense. thing. You have to remember that as much as I love all my clients and I they're like family to me, everybody is replaceable. And as a business owner, you have to remember that so you don't take things personally. Well, love that. Um, one of the things you talked yeah. about prior is, you know, thinking about how to best maximize your marketing dollars. As you think about, mm -hmm. um, you know, any company and their marketing spend with PR, how do you typically set that up? And how do you how do you help a customer or a client understand how to appropriate those dollars? You know, we give them the budget of how much it costs to do PR. And then we always recommend with any new brands that are starting that they save 
some money to do some sort of a social media campaign if they're not doing it themselves. Um, because they just go really well together hand in hand. And if you have the money to do some, you know, paid ads, that's important too, but it just depends on the client. And like, if it's a really, a smaller company that's, you know, like bootstrapping, we always recommend doing PR first because it's the biggest bang for your buck. You know, you might pay $3,000 for one ad in a magazine that might not get you any sales, but you might pay a $3,000 retainer for one month of our services and get eight write-ups or something, right, you know, in exactly. some big magazines or right. big digital magazines or websites. So it's, it all really depends on the size. Wow. Um, one of the other areas you had talked to us about beforehand was how, how to think about new brands that are in competitive categories like hand sanitizer, for example, this last year can really break through. And I'm guessing those are the types of brands you almost immediately can take to some of the bigger outlets or how do you think about that? Yeah, we do. I mean, when we see a breakthrough brand, and honestly, any brand that we work with, we're not going to try to start with the small potatoes. We always think big. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we actually did work with two different hand sanitizers last year. One of the companies, it was just like an add-on, actually three now that I think about it. Two of them did an add-on hand sanitizer, and then one of them was a hand sanitizer company. And we got press for all of them. It was crazy. I mean, it it... it if it's a good enough product and it has good packaging and you, and you get it to the right person, then you'll get the coverage. Interesting. Yeah. My observation is uh, you you almost can't bank on it as your only way of growing sales awareness and brand building like PR. In other words, it's gotta be part of a broader marketing strategy that includes online and whatnot. But I've seen um, brands almost put too much hope in it, right? Too much hope in getting that big placement. And like you said, you could go on the Today Show and not sell anything, or you could go on there and sell a ton that you couldn't even fulfill, right? I mean, it's just fascinating. Exactly. Nothing makes me happier when something like that happens. I mean, like with Casey Cattle Company, that was a publicist dream come true because almost every placement that we've received has converted into sales and new customers for them. And I think it's the story and the product and the fact that it was founded by a veteran and just the whole story behind it. So, you know, that's another thing that brands need to know. If you've started a skincare company and you don't have a background in, you know, dermatology and you don't have a story as to why you started it, we'll help you think of that story because you've got to have a hook or else nobody's going to cover it as just a product, you know? Totally agree. Um, I always love to ask our guests, you know, two or three pieces of advice as they're getting started, whether it be launching a company or a new brand. And I get lots of great recommendations on the operations side of the business and marketing and whatnot. But as you think about PR and for some of the listeners we have that are launching and growing new brands, what would be two or three pieces of advice you would offer to them? Well, first thing I would do is, is I would set up your Google alerts and Ah, look up other brands Uh, you know, or whatever, say you're, like I said, a pool company and you set up that Google alert for, you know, modern pools. And then you're going to see all the media that's already covering it. And everybody that's talking about it, those Google alerts are going to pull it in. So you're going to know what's hot and topical in the media. So that's one thing that I think is really important um, when you're starting. The other thing, you know, when you're, when you're looking into start promoting your brand and you're going to get a PR firm is that you have to basically, I mean, and this is something that I tell all of my clients is that you really want to try to send out as many samples and to reach as many media at the beginning as you can and not take no for an answer. And when they tell you no, try again in a few weeks, (laughs) you know, or a few months or try a different editor from the same media outlet. Um, There's just so many tricks of the trade, but my number one 
tip that I always tell everybody is don't take no for an answer. Mm, I love that. You can't. In public, in, in PR, anyways. Right. <laughs> in life, it's another story, right. but in right. PR. <laughs> that's pretty funny. We could have a whole podcast yeah. on that too. I'm guessing, Megan. Um, <laughs> that's funny. All right. So, um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about how you guys go to business at Light Years Ahead, etc. Yeah, um, you guys can go to our website at LightYearsAhead.com, or you can just reach out to me. Um, my Instagram. Uh, is L-Y-A-P-R, or you can email me at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at lightyearsahead.com. And that's the easiest way to get in touch with, with me. And I promise I'll write you back. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that's great. Hey, I, listen, I really appreciate you know the content you sent our way and the, the guests that we've had have been incredible and um, more to come. And so I look forward to working with you. And thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.